नमस्ते सो इन दीरीज ऑफ प्रेयर्स एंड मेडिटेशन वी टेक अप दिस प्रेयर ऑफ नवंबर ट्वेंटी एथ नाइनटीन ट्वेल्व दिस प्रेयर टीचेज अस दोल ऑफ एवरीडे एक्टिविटी एवरीडे लाइफ वॉट एवर इज हैपनिंग इन अवर आउटर सरकमस्टांसिस एंड हाउ वी कैन टर्न इट इन टू अ योगा कॉन्स्टेंट योगा the outer life the activity of each day and each instant is it not the indispensable complement of our hours of meditation and contemplation a lot of people are asking they think that uh, how to spend this time when they are all in the home of course there are families who uh, probably come together and speak to each other there are also people are watching television computer but there must be a better way of doing it and there are countless people who don't have these kind of uh, family support systems so how should they spend their time so one of them is that yes we should spend time in meditation and contemplation but naturally it is not enough and is not the proportion of time given to each the exact image of the proportion which exists between the amount of effort to be made for the preparation and realization so on one side there are activities of contemplation when we look within when we remain in drawn when we try to come in contact with the divine presence the psychic being this one kind of activity one kind of thing which helps us towards the spiritual realization but there are others so the mother reveals to us for meditation contemplation union is the result obtained if we go deep within ourselves with a will to find the divine we are bound to be taken there we are bound to be drawn there so people often wonder what kind of meditation should we do what is the process method i think the most important thing as we understand from mother and shurbindo's writings is the core aspiration do we really want the divine and for what do we want the divine for the sake of the divine do we, do we love the divine are we ready and willing to surrender ourselves completely to him and to his will and if we have this approach this attitude regardless of which way we concentrate what method we follow what is the deity what is the name will be drawn towards him as a magnet draws the iron filings the result of this meditation and contemplation is union union is the result obtained we could even come contemplate upon uh, the divine nature we can contemplate upon the divine presence in all things we can contemplate the entire universe being held in the divine arms there are countless ways we can contemplate and focusing on that one idea we go deeper and deeper into it that idea becomes a help so one of the best ideas which shurbindo gives us for contemplation is the divine is in all things all things are in the divine and the divine is all so this uh, he said to a, one of the devotees of course uh, not really a devotee but a reader of the arya so this is something he said in 1917 so we must understand that later on shurbindo would speak about contemplating on the mother's presence within but this 1917 before the mother's final arrival and before she took the charge of the 
yoga of not only of a few ashram inmates but of the earth and mankind. So when Shurabindu was asked, he said the best thing is to contemplate on the idea which is given in the Isha Upanishad that the divine is in all things, that all things are the divine and all things are in the divine. So this is one part and the more we contemplate on this, the greater the union is obtained. The flower that blooms, so union is the flower that blooms as a result of contemplation. But then there is another side, the daily activity is the anvil on which all the elements must pass and repass in order to be purified, refined, made supple and ripe for the illumination which contemplation gives to them. So as a result of this contemplation, this union, we must allow it to spread in details on all the activities of our being, right from the morning time when we get up, when we go for brushing our teeth, when we take a bath and when everything else we do, whatever we do. So we may not even go outside, but still there are number of activities every day in which we are engaged. Normally we do it routinely and mechanically, especially because we are rushing for some work or the other. Now, in many places, especially like in India, we have a complete lockdown. So, people are not going out. So, each of these activities can become very meaningful, very deep and profound. I just remember a few days back an experience which came spontaneously. Because of this lockdown, many people are having difficulty of receiving food. Though the government and the Honorable Prime Minister has said that, you know, there should be no problem with grocery and milk supply. But then there are a lot of poor people, they are also afraid that they are not getting enough money and so they are going through a difficult period. And and at the same time, on the other hand, uh, myself, I had the means provided by the mother uh, in various ways that I could afford to have meals uh, in the morning without any problem. Morning, afternoon, night, I have been looked after. Many of us have been looked after. So when I was having my breakfast in the morning, normally I would just offer it and have my breakfast. But this time I had tears in my eyes because simultaneously two states came together. On the one side, I was very grateful that the divine has provided us in such a way that we are looked after and we don't have to worry about the small aspects of life. That loaf of bread was so valuable. On the other hand, my heart was reaching out to countless people, millions of people who in this hour cannot afford. They have neither the means nor the money Uh, Now I believe something is being provided, but that's a different story altogether and um, I I have no clue about all that. But I believe something is being provided. Still, for an average person who is missing out on his wages, who is losing on things, old people especially, who just cannot go out. Now, it's very difficult for them in this hour. A lot of people give me a ring. They are under distress. They don't know how to spend their time alone. There's nobody to speak to them because they can't go out. Their children can't come in because everywhere there is a fear. Now, because of this, they do not know how to really even arrange sometimes for a loaf of bread. So, how are they managing? So, there was a prayer that may everybody's hunger be appeased. So, simultaneously on one side, a state of great gratitude on the other hand. So, that morsel of food became so precious, so priceless, not just for myself, but for countless others. So everyday activity which we do routinely and mechanically, be it a bath, be it food, be it um, uh, just taking a walk within our small little place, maybe within the room. 
sometimes even that I feel that people are missing out on exercises. Now, some of us are fortunate to have a garden or space to take a walk. But there are many who have very small rooms. So what do they do with their exercise? If they have to really, really stay inside, it's really going to be very difficult. There is not enough ventilation, not enough air and sunshine. So, Every little step that you take becomes so precious and it can be turned into a conscious yoga. All these, okay, so the flower that blooms, the daily activity is the anvil on which all the elements must pass and repass in order to be purified, refined, made supple and ripe for the illumination which contemplation gives to them. So each and everything must be uh, must share this illumination, must share this um, this state that we are, the state of peace, the state of beatitude which we discover within. So all these elements have to be refined. All these elements must be thus passed one after the other through the crucible before outer activity becomes needless for the integral development. Then is this activity turned into a means to manifest thee. So there are two purposes of outer activity. One is to make our nature more ready, make it more supple, make it more open to the light, uh, make it plastic to the divine will, and the sec- make it make us more selfless. And on the other hand, the out- outer activity, when the union is realized, when all these elements are purified and illuminated. Now here comes a little difference between Shirobindo's yoga, uh, the yoga of the Gita, vis-a-vis the typical Vedanta. According to Shankaracharya, the outer activity serves a purpose until the point when we realize the union, out of, out, after which there is no need of any outer activity. But the mother and Shurabindo revealed to us that even after the union is realized, the outer activity becomes a means to manifest the divine. So it does not stop, only it changes its orientation and its purpose. Then is this activity turned into the means to manifest thee, so as to awaken the other centers of consciousness to the same dual work of the forge and the illumination. So it becomes a means to manifest and thereby different parts in our nature which are not yet ready, which are getting prepared, they also share the illumination. She has used the word forge. So forge is, you know, where... Uh, material is being shaped, raw material is being shaped into something beautiful, artistic, like, uh, you know, in a goldsmith's place or an ironsmith's place. So it is the forge. Therefore are pride and satisfaction with oneself the worst of all obstacles. So when people feel that, ah, I have had such a beautiful experience and people get into comfort zones. These comfort zones are not just material. There are spiritual comfort zones. People are happy with a certain kind of experience, even certain realizations, or if they are able to do their meditation very well. She is reminding us that pride and self-satisfaction are the worst of all obstacles because until nature is transformed, even if there is one element of darkness in nature, our work or the divine work is not complete. So what we must do? Very modestly we must take advantage of all the minute opportunities offered to need and purify some of the innumerable elements to make them supple, to make them impersonal. So to make these elements supple because of the challenges that we receive from life 
and to make them impersonal so that it's not only about ourselves it about even recently somebody was talking about uh, india i said now this situation is such that we cannot just think about india not even about humanity it is about earth and about the sun the light the divine so even to think of humanity is still limiting us and restricting us because who knows what is needed for the balance of the earth so we have to look beyond ourselves to something much larger much vaster and spread out in a vast impersonality to teach them forgetfulness of self this is a time when we have to forget our own little comforts our difficulties our problems our issues and think about all life that is around us and abnegation and devotion and kindness and gentleness uh, the the real sense of our nobility comes out when we face the challenges mother speaks of the story of the charity bazaar so normally we have this idea that civilization implies well behaved uh, well mannered well dressed uh, well educated literate gentleman but the mother speaks about a story in paris charity bazaar where everybody was uh, uh, you know Uh, outwardly very well behaved very well mannered courteous well dressed and suddenly there was a fire so when there was a fire everybody was rushing to save their own lives and she speaks particularly about a gentleman very well dressed it's uh, um, uh, you know a image flashes in the mind with coat and tie and pant and he was a very in a high position and he was taking the stick and literally um, showing away people who were coming on the way so that he could escape so now there is an idea of nobility which we have from outside and there is an inner nobility which comes out during moments of crisis when the real courage is tested now some break down very soon but there are others who continue so it's like any war i mean those who have been with the military i have been and we know that you know this is a test of uh, our endurance test of our faith test of our courage and how long how much ever long we are able to uh, continue with an activity with perseverance and with patience without losing our calm and cool and similarly all these things should teach us kindness and gentleness can we remain kind and gentle even when we are in crisis this is what is required and when all these modes of being have become habitual to them then are they ready to participate in the contemplation and to identify themselves with the in the supreme concentration so normally we notice people say this this is a common problem that we want to meditate we are not able to meditate now the reason is because nature is not ready ultimately the energy we have to withdraw from nature all our consciousness which is involved and attached in countless things we have to withdraw from there but these parts are not ready it's like we have tied the boat to uh, to the shore and we are trying to row the boat now the boat will not go any further it will keep on moving now if we have tied it with iron chains and locked it tightly there is no way we may row the whole night struggle and yet unless we open the chains we cannot move further so something very similar happens that unless nature is prepared through nishkam karma through a constant offering we are not really ready to contemplate and the more we are able to liberate these elements of nature from their bondage to outer things from their bondage to ego self from their bondage to selfishness to rigid ideas opinions viewpoints and only thinking about oneself so when we are un- unless we are able to liberate 
these elements from these and countless other bondages of ignorance of inertia or even of a illusion of a vital rajasic activity or even the sense of self righteousness the satvik um, consciousness they are not ready to contemplate so the daily activity is to liberate these different elements by making them supple by making them plastic by making them kinder um, kindlier and gentler then it becomes easy to enter into contemplation in india we would say that make the consciousness more satvik which means think about others about all the creatures about countless beings and then only we are ready to contemplate as long as we are thinking only about ourselves and our small little comforts and joys and happiness and sorrow we are not really ready for contemplation and then we have to break even that satvik bond that comes later that is why it seems to me that the work must be long and slow even for the best and that striking conversions cannot be integral they change the orientation of the being they put it definitely on the straight path but truly to attain the goal none can escape the need of innumerable experiences of every kind and every instant so in this yoga especially there is nothing like a sudden great illumination and experience or realization at which one rests because nature has to constantly undergo purification modification opening to the divine and where is the end of it even if our mind and thoughts and feelings which are relatively easier to work upon what about our passions what about the will what about the body uh, all this has to undergo constantly this process o supreme master who shinest in my being and each thing let thy light be manifest and the rain of thy peace come for all it's a beautiful prayer and one more prayer i want to read it's december 3rd 1912 so this again is a beautiful prayer when we are faced with challenges and difficulties we feel helpless actually when we feel most helpless that is the time we can be strongest not by the uh, ego self feeling and believing that we are strong but because that is the time we can really really make the act of complete surrender and i am reminded of the story of markande that when he was face to face with imminent death what does he do he surrenders himself at the feet of lord shiva and tells him that look here is death and shiva tells that he manifest himself and said you don't have a right over him it is me who decides whether he will live or he will go so that is one of the stories we know very well and markande is one of the immortals precisely because he made this great act of surrender and this is the indian way of dealing with different crises so we um, at this point what i see that in all this crisis we are only and only dealing it the western way whatever they have found that means uh, that uh, you strictly isolate and all this is fine this is one dimension because it's a purely material dimension of looking at an illness recently somebody was telling me and from very authentic sources that this illness is uh, not necessarily manifesting as respiratory symptoms they have found that there are number of people in which it is manifesting as a heart attack now people are getting scared because normally what was happening was they were especially focusing if people had symptoms of cough cold to isolate them 
but now there are people whom and they were seeing people who had heart attacks so one of the cardiologists mentions that we never imagined that they would be having the viral infection uh, covid 19 now the reason is very simple spiritually we can understand it that it's not the virus it's the vibration it's the adverse attack it can take any form it is like in ancient days when we read some of these uh, uh story is where you know ravana he could take many forms he could appear as a you know uh, brahmin priest and that's how he requested sita mata to step out or he could take the form of uh, the ten headed monster or he could take the form of uh, you know uh, even rama uh, there is a very interesting story about it that when uh, he was asked that why don't you just take the form of rama and get married to sita so of course sita would easily recognize because once he took the head of uh, lord rama which was obviously not uh, correct and he took to sita saying that he is dead and uh, she said she recognized that this cannot happen and this not true so because she was not bound to the form she was she knew the consciousness of rama so he says that even to think about rama as my enemy creates changes within me of a different nature if i assume rama's form i am sure i will no more be ravana but begin to change as in the image of rama and i don't want that because he had chosen a different path altogether so even to contemplate on the divine form changes us from within it doesn't matter even if we image imagine the mother and shorbindo people often say ki what is the point of uh, what is the need of imagining a form why not meditate on the divine in a formless way well we can do that nobody can stop us but when we imagine a form and we know that form as the divine we identify in our consciousness with that form as the divine it makes it so much more concrete so much more easier to contemplate and we begin to assume those aspects in our nature which are there manifested and represented and expressed in that form so by contemplating on the form we begin to realize the essence the divine essence in that form so now this in this prayer she speaks about the surrender last night i had the experience of the effectivity of confident surrender to thy guidance when it is needful that something should be known one knows it and the more passive the mind to the illumination the clearer and the more adequate is its expression so what we need is to have this trust that if we need to know something we will know it and completely we should confidently surrender to the divine guidance making the mind like a passive mirror to the illuminating light i listen to thee as thou spokest in me and i would have liked to write down what thou saidst so that the formula in all its precision might not be lost for now i should not be able to repeat what was said so now this is very interesting see this is how religions are formed when somebody receives an illumination and formulates in words and tells this is the way now the mother has discovered no that should not be done because if we do it we fix a truth truth is many sided complex plastic supple infinite at the same time it is one and extremely simple to each one it reveals itself differently so she realizes that no there is no need to write this conversation that she had 
Then I thought that this care for conservation was again an insulting lack of confidence towards thee. Means that divine has spoken once, now he won't speak again. So I must write it down and make it a firm edict. Later on it will turn into a rigid dogma. That is how religions are formed. For thou canst make of me all that I need to be. And in the measure in which my attitude allows thee to act on me and in me, thy omnipotence has no limits. At one place mother says, "We it is our faith that limits us, but not the grace. The grace is infinite and can achieve everything, can reveal everything, can do everything, provided we keep the doors of faith open. To know that at each instant what must be surely is, as perfectly as is possible for all those who know how to see thee in everything and everywhere. So we come back to the same truth, to see the divine in all things and everywhere. And if we live with that state, then at each instant the divine will reveal himself according to what is necessary at that given moment. There are no fixed rules or rigid ideas or dogmas. No more fear. Naturally, with that, fear vanishes, apprehension vanishes, anxieties vanish because we are constantly worried about what's going to happen in the future. And we are looking to newspapers, to the uh, news analysis. Have we not several times seen that all these analyses are proved wrong? There are cephalogists to predict the results of elections. There are people who are now predicting the result of this epidemic and all this. All these will act if we have faith in these predictions. But instead if we trust that everything will be fine, that the divine grace is with us and nothing will happen. Now this does not mean throwing care and caution to the winds. It doesn't mean that. It means in all circumstances, in whatever situation we are, to live with trust and faith in our hearts. Whatever we put our faith into, that begins to become active. The law of that plane begins to become active in our life. So if we put our faith into the deadliness of the virus and it's attacking us from here, there, everywhere, then it will become powerful and potent because we have invested our faith. But if, on the contrary, we have faith that the divine grace is there everywhere, and even if the virus was in every particle, the divine grace, much more powerful, is there in every particle and can annihilate it at every moment, then the grace will act. No more fear, no more uneasiness, no more anguish. Nothing but a perfect serenity, an absolute confidence, a supreme, unwavering peace.